radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hey, welcome to Talking Real Money. Thanks for joining us. So here to answer your questions, your calls, your concerns, your issues about all things financial. And there's a lot to talk about, as always. I'm Tom Cock. We are uh, technically challenged at the moment. We will get done in just a moment. But um, I'm, I'm actually broadcasting from the brand spanking new studios of Northwest News Radio. And they are brand spanking new and beautiful. You're looking out over... The Puget Sound, ferry boats coming and going, seagulls dive-bombing my car. Uh, it's spectacular. really is. So it's great to be here. And um, listen, since you don't have Don right now, there's more room for you. So give us a ring, 855-935-8255. I'm kidding. He's pretty easy on you. 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And a lot, of course, going on in the uh, financial world, money articles, discussions about how to do things better, what to avoid. You know, one of the ones that seems to come up a lot, I think it's a bit of a West Coast, East Coast thing because home prices have appreciated so rapidly. If you look at the last 20 years on both coasts, middle of the country, not so much. And what has that meant? Well, that's meant a lot of people that have been homeowners for a long time have made if you will, have seen their assets increase dramatically. Um, But the people who didn't, did they? Well, actually, yeah. There's a brand new piece um, in one of the industry magazines talking about millennials and money. And there's a lot of discussion, as you may well know, that says millennials haven't grown wealth nearly as quickly as baby boomers did at their equivalent ages. Turns out that's not so true. In fact, I'm a baby boomer myself. We're very close to uh, millennials, very close to us in terms of the amount of money that they have saved, how much have in wealth and how have they done it? Because they faced dual challenges of being later to the market home buyers and they have more student loan debt than my generation did. Well, it turns out there's another part of all this, something that we talk about regularly on this program. That's called saving and investing. So while they have not taken advantage of the growth of home prices in many markets, dramatic growth, although this year, depending on who you believe, prices are down 12 to 15%, depending on where you are, what neighborhood, all those kind of things, after going up way dramatically the last few years but millennials have been setting money aside in retirement plans outside of retirement plans investing it and watching it grow and grow pretty dramatically i mean the last 10 years in fact i just looked this up because a question was asked to me recently well you haven't made anything being in the market the last 10 years that is absolute nonsense the Standard & Poor's 500, which, as you know, we do not tell you just to invest in that. We think you should be globally diversified. But basically, $1,000 in the Standard & Poor's 500 index 10 years ago is now about $3,000. Does that sound like nothing to you? And remember, if you've been putting money away and you have more than just 1000 it's more dramatic. So millennials have been uh, making money. They have been adding to their wealth. They have seen growth in a way that many of you millennials or maybe baby boomers giving them a bad time don't believe. 
And this article is talking about the fact that millennials are happy for the downturn in home prices, which may make housing more uh, reasonable for them. But, of course, then they something the article does not touch on, and that is it's, uh, it's, you got to pay more interest, right? It wasn't that long ago you get a 2.5% 30-year mortgage. And today that same mortgage is somewhere around 6.5%. So to borrow that money is more expensive. The article does also point out something, and I think this is spot on. Just because you can afford it, just because you can get the mortgage doesn't mean you should do it. Nah, it, it, there's a couple parts of real estate that we think are important. One is making sure it's the place you want to be, lifestyle. And number two, that in down times, in bad times in your life, you still can afford to pay the mortgage. So give us a call, 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK. We'll have more Talking Real Money. To a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Hey, thank you for being part of Talking Real Money. Our telephone number 855 935 8255. 855 935 8255. This is one of those weird uh, dream like things where you ever had one of those dreams where you could see somebody in a dream, but you could never actually talk to them? Like, hey, I got to talk to them, and they never quite get there. Well, I can see Don. <laughs> And he can hear us, but we can't hear him. Uh, but at any rate, hopefully that'll be changed here soon. They got they got a ton of people running around the building at a high speed trying to figure out how to get Don McDonald on the air, which they will do here very soon. But in the interim, hey, happy to answer your questions. Um, got a lot of experience, just not the same <clears throat> Don McDonald voice, but I'm here to help you. So 855-935-8255. And let's go to the phones. Jim joins us on the program. Hi, Jim. Jim, are you there? Well, they're, they're trying to get you, Jim, but if they don't... First of all, if an estate... Yes, go ahead. Oh, the estate tax question. Curious if uh, the value of this state, the gross value is under the threshold, currently $2.193 million. You're talking to the state is of Washington executor- now? Yep. Correct, mm-hmm. correct. Is the executor still required to uh, file or submit the, uh, the the tax to the state? And the second part of the question is, if uh, in the, the state itself, bank account is joint with a non-family member and a vehicle is titled in both names of a, the owner, myself, and a uh, another owner, a, a non-family member, are those calculated at 50%? of the value versus 100% if I own them myself. Wow, that's uh, those are great questions. First of all, no, if you don't meet the uh, my understanding is if you don't meet the threshold for the uh, for the tax, then no you don't need right. to file it. Um, executors need to file a, a executive tax that's with the federal government, but that's a different topic. In the great state of Washington, I don't believe you need sure. to. But then in terms of the ownership of bank accounts. So for example, if you own a brokerage account with someone, and they're a joint owner, then you then there's some tax work to be done there, right? Because half of what, what happens is taxable, half's not. And I don't like to be a lawyer on the air because I'm not a lawyer, but a, a, it's a little different than that with community property. So it depends on kind of the, the how the account is open. If you're simply the joint owner of an account, though, and this is a guess, yes, you're probably going to have to include half of that in the uh, in the calculation for the $2.1 million. 
right, half half correct, but not but not one hundred percent. No, not one hundred percent. And again, you, you okay? The, the the Department of Revenue website is not clear. It says you know if you have a spouse who's joint on the account, but it doesn't say if a there's a non-family member, yeah. you know, a friend. You're you're kind of so, getting into a fairly gray area. I would consult a tax sure. or legal professional in that regard. Okay. Well, All right. well, Tom, thank you so much. No, I do thank appreciate you, Jim, it. for listening. Our telephone number is 855-935-8255. And let's go to Walt. Hey, Walt, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Don. I'm an 85-year-old retiree and uh, medium to high risk tolerance. My wife has a medium low risk tolerance. But I'm not calling about that. I'm calling about uh, <laughs> a tax question. And uh, could you explain the tax advantages of stock index ETFs versus stock index mutual funds? And then the same question for bonds. Well, and it's a pretty simple but not simple answer. When exchange-traded funds were set up about, I think, 30 years ago, the idea was to come up with a vehicle where they would be more tax-efficient as part of it. And the way they do that is in, inside of the exchange-traded fund, rather than selling the securities, netting the gains or losses, and passing that on to the shareholders, they're simply handing it from one person to another. So you don't really have that issue of the, the buying and selling of securities inside there that creates tax situations. So they are more tax efficient in that regard. Now, remember, any uh, basically any index type products that don't do much buying or selling are pretty tax efficient anyway. But exchange-traded funds are just that much more. And the same thing holds true with bonds as it does for stocks. It's simply the structure of the investments, the product, if you will, that makes them more tax-efficient. I see no advantage today to being in mutual funds instead of exchange-traded funds. I, 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 I couldn't tell you what, um, unless there's some magic product that's a mutual fund that's not an exchange-traded fund you got to own. And I don't think there is. Because look at this stuff all the time. So if it was my money and I could do it. Now, remember, anytime you go to make that change from a, uh, a, a mutual fund to an exchange traded fund, if it's in a taxable environment, which it sounds like it is, Walt, you're going to be selling something with a gain. So there may be a reason not to do this anyway. But if you're just starting now and you're or you you had losses, you could offset the gains. If there wasn't a big tax hit, I can see no reason not to own exchange-traded funds instead of mutual funds. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So one related question. I think that I heard you or Don, or Don say something about Vanguard has a particular approach to the ETFs that made it uh, especially advantageous. Well, they were the ones who kind of started all this, but, uh, but everybody's operating under that same sort of method, if you will. So... People like Avantis, people like Schwab, people like iShares, they, they share all of that. So there's no there's no advantage to just being with Vanguard. I think they were the ones that uh, that got the, the patent on this, but I believe everybody else has been able to steal from them. Very good. Well, you answered my question. Many thanks. You're most welcome. By the way, just so I know, what is medium to high risk tolerance? What does that mean? <laughs> well, I took the quiz. <laughs> what was your score? 
Oh, you know, I don't remember. It's been a little while, but okay. um, I'm still at the same philosophy. Philosophy, yeah. And uh, so nothing has changed that in that regard. So um, yeah, the reason where the, we are. Yeah, the reason I ask, I find this a fascinating topic. Generally, people come in and say, "Well, I'm conservative," and I say, "Well, what does that mean?" I don't like to put labels on that because everybody has a different feeling about what's conservative and what's not, et cetera, et cetera. So I couldn't tell you when you say medium to high risk. When you tell me you're 85 years old, which I don't consider old these days, but then I start thinking about, well, how much risk should you be taking Do you, for you and anybody else in your life? Why would you take risk? Things like that, rather than I have a tolerance for risk. Does that make sense? That's a good point, yes. So, I mean, for example, we manage money for people. We're really looking at not driving 90 miles an hour, really the more secure 65 miles an hour, if you will. We're going to get there in the time allotted. That's how we feel about portfolio management as well, because there's reasons not to drive 90 because the risk factors you face both legally, of course, and uh, and and from a danger standpoint. So anyway, thank you, Walt, for listening and for calling 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. We'll be right back talking real money. Real life and real future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Thank you for joining us live here on Talking Real Money every Saturday between noon and 2 Pacific. Glad to take your questions and calls live. And if you're listening to the podcast, thank you for tuning in. And thank you for telling your friends and uh, helping us grow, which we have done, not just there, grow substantially in the last couple of years. So thank you all for joining us on a regular basis and uh, really do appreciate it. Uh, let's go back to the phones and uh, talk to another Tom. Wow. Tom, thanks for joining us here on uh, Talking Real Money. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Tom. Um, I have a question. Uh, I have a current financial advisor. He is not a fiduciary, true fiduciary, he's, although he says he is. Um, and we, uh, I'd like to move uh, our money somewhere else. Um now, I kind of want to look at somebody uh, rather than doing it online kind of thing. Um, and there's a local Schwab office. There's a local Fidelity office. And when I say local, I'm in a rural area. It's 45 minutes. Um, is there any advantage to going with those people? Or, and would those people in those offices be true fiduciaries? Well, the short answer to your question is no, they're not true fiduciaries because uh, Schwab employs people that are financial advisors who are not always uh, investment advisor representatives, uh, part of a registered investment advisory. They they may put you in a product that is not in your best interest. I I think both of them are very fine institutions. Uh, That said, I mean, have you looked around your area for a registered investment advisor, a fee-only registered investment advisor that uses low-cost index or index-style mutual funds or exchange-traded funds? Um, well, at one point, um, I wasn't sure how to exactly find one, but at one point I heard on your podcast, uh, one of you mentioned to uh, go to Dimensional's website and find somebody that uses Dimensional funds, and they'd probably be a fiduciary. Um, which I did find one guy and, uh, but 
his starting dollar amount is beyond what we have. So well, but did you? And call he them? was at one point seven five percent. Also, no, that's that's too much. I don't want you paying one point seven five. That's too much. Um, right. Interesting. So I mean, here's here's an idea. You could go to Schwab, and you could tell them. I'm smart consumer. I only want to work with a 100% fee only advisor. Now they, if they don't have somebody there, they may know somebody because they have a referral program as well. We used to be part of it when I was with uh, another firm called Merriman, where they would hand people off to us who were like you, who wanted an advisor, wanted a 100% fee only advisor, and knew what kind of money management they want. And I think today's world, there's only one type, and that is. As I said, the more passive style, low cost index or index style of funds. So you could start there and okay. tell them, look, I'm, I'm fully aware of all the, of what's going on in the industry. But, and so therefore, I only want that type of person, period. Can you help me? And I think Schwab is a reputable enough outfit to say yes or no. Again, they may have somebody they can refer to you. Uh, you too. I don't want you paying more than 1% a year, though. 1.75 is, frankly, in today's world, that's outrageous. Tell me a little bit more about you've got to see somebody in person. Well, uh, we're in our mid to late 60s, and, uh, you know, I want I want there to be someone that, uh, you know, I don't know how long we're going to be here yet. I want there to be somewhere for my heirs to go to be able to handle all of this. To yeah, actually I mean, see a person. Yeah, and and Tom, I really appreciate your call and appreciate you listening, and that would be the place to start. I mean, the reality in today's world is, like the people who call me up and say, hey, I tried to call Vanguard and they didn't return my call, or I sat on hold for four hours. More and more of the world is virtual. You and I, of being of a similar age, have to say, you know, I'm going to just bite down hard and realize i got to look at a person on a computer, uh, but I know I'm going to get treated better. I'm going to get treated by a 100% fee-only advisor. I'm going to use the kind of products and services that are less expensive but are going to take care of me and my family. So that's something to consider as well. But I, I, I think Schwab is reputable enough that you could go in there, tell them the situation, and they will uh, they will give you honest advice. 855-935-8255. We continue talking real money. Thank you for joining us on Talking Real Money. We are live, of course, as we always are on Saturdays. The rest of the week, you can always call us at the same number, and we will be glad to uh, to to take your questions as best we can. But if you do it today, you know you're going to be on. You're going to talk to somebody. If you do it during the week, it's going to be harder. So anyway, the telephone number, 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK. And because his name is Tom, we're going to let him be on the show. Tom, how are you? Very good, Tom. Thank you for taking my call. I've got two questions for you. Number one, for a cash brokerage account, do you know of any ETF that just invests in qualified dividend stocks? I'm trying. I'm having a hard time hearing you, Tom, but you said something about cash and then qualified dividend stocks. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah. Yes, uh, a broker's cash account. I like to find an ETF that just invests in qualified in stocks that only give qualified dividends. So, but okay, but this I'm trying to make sure I'm understanding. So, this is 
like your emergency part of your portfolio or is this designed to get some growth or is this simply a, a, like a dividend play, if you will, the yield? I, I like the tax advantages of the qualified yeah. dividend. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to go look. I'm sure, I mean, I know Vanguard's got some good products. I'd have to dig around on that, Tom, to give you, a, because it, it's not a part of the world that we use nor believe in. Um, I, I don't, I think generally speaking, when people seek out dividends and they only want the higher dividend payouts, right? They don't want lower. They, they, they miss out on a lot of companies. So there's a huge diversification. There's, it's something around half, half of companies issue, um, dividends. Number two, you end up oftentimes buying companies that have come down in price a lot because the dividends look higher, right? As a when you compare it to the price. So it's not part of the world that I, I use, nor would I be recommending. What's your next question? Next question is in reference to Schwab's dividend ETF, S-C-H-B. It does deal on qualified dividend stocks along with other dividends. It's mainly a, a growth type thing. It has some very particular and specific qualifications in order to get into fun. Uh, have you heard of it? Have you dealt with it? What do you think? You know, I'm looking at it right now. You're talking about the Schwab U.S. Large Cap Value ETF, S-C-H-V? Yes, it's S-C-H-V, like in dividend. V is in, yeah, right. Um, so, I mean, this is, this is again, it wouldn't be my first choice in this particular arena because it's a matter, in this case, of how you measure value. So the value that we use, for example, through Avantis or dimensional funds has a greater tilt to those out-of-favor companies, if you will. Um, but this is re- relatively low-priced. Um, the yield is not great. It's a 2.5%. It's a decent size. So if this is a fund you wanted to use. While we wouldn't use it, nor would I recommend it, I think it's perfectly fine. Sure. Okay. Hey, thanks. Hey, thanks. Thanks for the info. Oh, by the way, for the fellow who called about Schwab, they have a uh, AI portfolio that you can yeah. get involved with. Yeah. You're familiar with it, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm very familiar with it. My, the, the reason I'm not a fan, and thank you for your call, Tom, the reason I'm not a huge fan of that particular portfolio is they keep a lot in cash. And in this case, uh, the uh, the Tom who called about the, the earlier Tom, about getting advice. What he's really looking for is in a financial advisor he can sit down with face-to-face, which, you know, if you don't live in a major metropolitan area, that can be hard, as he pointed out. We have to drive 45 minutes just to find a person who charges 1.75%, which I think is, frankly, in today's world, outrageous. I think anything over one is probably more than you should pay, more than you need to pay. But he may have to end up paying more because if he really says, no, I got to sit across the desk from somebody, which is another part, again, uh, of the world that uh, us baby boomers have to be willing to accept more of. I feel this way when I go in my office every week and go, where are those people? Oh, that's right. They're working from home. Um, so this is something that you may have to swallow hard and say, I'm OK with with just meeting with somebody virtually. I'll figure out how to make my camera work to talk to them, that kind of thing. So, but if you want to find the other, then you're just going to have to dig hard and go through it. 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK as we continue talking real money. 
Do you suffer from hodgepodgeitis? I'm Don McDonald, and hodgepodgeitis is a disease of your investment portfolio whose symptoms include lots of stocks, loads of random loaded mutual funds, and maybe an annuity or two. Most who suffer from hodgepodgeitis dread opening their quarterly portfolio statements. They feel lost and confused. Investing seems overwhelming and the financial future uncertain. If you believe you suffer from hodgepodgeitis, see a 100% fiduciary investment advisor immediately. A proper diagnosis is the first step to creating a portfolio with a purpose based on a personal plan. Start on the road to recovery now by scheduling a free meeting with an Appella advisor at TalkingRealMoney.com. There is no cost, obligation, or high-pressure sales pitch. Take the first step at TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800-386-3004. Hodgepodgeitis is not a real disease, but treating it has been shown to improve mood, reduce fear, and even lead to a brighter financial future. Results may vary. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. I want to thank you for being part of Talking Real Money. We're here basically every day answering your questions. We get a lot of uh, questions through email at uh, TalkingRealMoney.com. A lot of calls there. And then, of course, there's the live program, which we're doing right now, where we can talk with you interactively. So feel free to ring us up, 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK. I'm Tom Cock. Don McDonald is, well, he's still trying to be on the program. <laughs> So they're still working on it. So we'll see how that all goes. But in the interim, let's go back to the telephones and talk to uh, Jeff here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Jeff. Hello, longtime uh, listener, uh, second time caller. Welcome. I have a thanks. Um, I have a question on. I got an email. You know, I invest in a lot of stocks and so forth, but it's First National Realty Partners, and they're a plus accredited business, and they. The dividends are 10 to 12%, but it's investing in commercial real estate, you know, like big, big, huge companies that Walmart rents from and across the country. And I'm just wondering how accredited that is because you know how the website is. You never know. <laughs> well, I mean, but let's just step back and look at a couple of things to consider here. First of all, Jeff, I mean, do you know anybody else who's paying to 10 to 12% for anything? No, dividend, no, no. Dividends are, you know, sometimes maybe up to 5%. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, I've just looked at, uh, you can now get a, a one-year CD for 5%. You can get a three-year for a little over four and a half. Um, so that's one aspect. So basically what's happening here, I, I'm trying to look them up as we speak. But I mean, one thing that's happening is they're giving you some of your own money back. Right. This is not yeah. uncommon in the in the industry where people think, oh, I'm getting 12 percent. No, some of that is a return of your own capital. Number two is, I mean, no offense to real estate because I own real estate investment trust. That means I own uh, an exchange traded fund that has hundreds, if not thousands of real estate investment trusts in it. And so I trust yeah. the fact that I'm sort of invested in real estate, commercial real estate. But if I was making a buy today, it probably wouldn't be an area that I'd be racing into because if you may have read the headlines, there are numerous people that are bouncing out of their uh, leases. There are major companies that have decided, well, you know, we told people to come back to work, but they just don't seem to want to. And there have been significant defaults already, right? People that have owned buildings that have said, you know, bank, here's your building keys because we can't make the payments. So as an industry, I struggle a bit with it. But for somebody that's at that's suggesting ten to twelve percent, I'm gonna, I'm not only gonna say no, I'm probably gonna run the other direction. 
Yeah, yeah, I know it's commercial, and and that's the the whole part with the economy. You never know with with all people working at home. There's going to be an influx of commercial going down. I think. I honestly think. Um, yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, uh, whether or not you're right, and I are right. And by the way, whether or not that's already factored into the price of REITs, I don't know. I like having some of my portfolio exposed to commercial real estate, including things like office buildings and apartment buildings, and you know that part of the economy because that's an important part of the economy. I don't like people that are paying high dividends because it's or whatever they call this. Um, I think it's outrageous to make a promise of 10 to 12 percent. And I'm trying to see if this is like a non-traded sort of read. It's hard to tell just looking at their website. But non-traded reads have a tradition of making all these promises. And then at the end, you find out that the value of your investment has gone down because they've paid so much of it back to you and back to others. But no, anybody promising that sort of interest rate, I would not be interested in uh, in continuing the conversation. Yeah, and one other question really quick. Go ahead. Um, I, I used to belong to Lewis Rucker's bulletin, you know, like the investment bulletin, and it, very informative and, and conservative. I mean, he's and, and I know he passed, but he's been doing that for like 50 years. And I, do you know another bulletin that um, we can invest in that's safe and, and good, you know, like, like him? You know, it has like six pages. It's, it's yeah, really no, nice. Louis Rukeyser and I go way back. I interviewed him on my television show once. Oh. Great guy, real gentleman. He came to Seattle and, yeah. uh, and uh, interviewed him, I think, at the uh, Four Seasons Olympic. Wonderful. You know, the problem with that is the answer I'm going to give you is not going to be very satisfactory. And that is, I don't know. Because here's what I don't know. In the newsletter business, there are so many people that write newsletters. There are so many of them make outrageous claims. And you know why? Because unlike me, I can't get on the air and tell you guaranteed 10% a year. They can make whatever claim they like and stand behind the First Amendment. So, again, yeah. I don't trust them. I don't trust Susie Orman got in trouble with one recently where uh, maybe five or six years ago where she found the, the really smart people, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, and and hired them. They did a newsletter together, and then they found out that his whole track record was a fraud. And she had to apologize oh. and tell people bad idea. So I know I don't really know somebody because what you're really asking people again is what we're going to tell you is what's the future look like based on that? Which stocks are going to do better in the in the future? And the smart money, truly the smart money, the academic based work is going to tell you nobody knows that. Nobody really knows after yeah. you know, like yesterday, what's going to happen in the markets. That's why we use and we believe, you know, widely based uh, global index or index like mutual funds. We keep our costs low, we're tax efficient, and we accept the market returns because the market returns, as I mentioned earlier this hour, are good. If you're just in the S&P 500, you, your $1,000 turned into 3000 in the last 10 years. That sounds pretty good to me. I didn't need to pick which stocks are going to do better. I just sort of own them all. So, no, I don't have anybody that I could recommend there. And um, although I'm sure the newsletter industry is doing very well, I'm sure there's a ton of people promoting a wonderful track record. They just, uh, and by the way, the other part is, and I think Mark Hulbert did some wonderful research on all this. You find, once you find that person, um, Jeff, pardon me, yeah, Jeff, once you find that person, oftentimes just in time for you to sign up, they don't do so well moving forward. And I mean, I guess the other one, Motley Motley Fool is somebody that's been doing this for a long time. And I read horror stories about the stocks. They told you, you absolutely have to get in on this. And people brought me their portfolios and said, they told me I had to buy this 10 years ago and it's gone down ever since because they're no smarter than you. They don't know anything more about which company is going to be better, which part of the economy or the rest of it. So um, honestly, and and everybody, 
email every day. Yeah. I know. It's shocker. I mean, they're great marketers. I just consider that part to be a racket. Every once in a while, Motley Fool will tell you, yeah, it just makes sense to use indexes. I mean, the guy who's been the, the greatest stock picker of all time, right, guy named Warren Buffett, he tells you, you know, there was a little luck to all this. There's an aspect that I have a lot of money. That's how I grew this thing so big so fast. You're just smarter using indexes. And that doesn't mean he thinks you're as a little person. He just thinks most investors, myself included, are going to do better doing it that way. So, Agreed. Thanks. Thank you for your call. Really appreciate it, Jeff. 855-935-8255. 855-935-TALK is our telephone number. You know, we had a question about getting advice for you and your family. And this is always so tough because on our website, TalkingRealMoney.com, we tell you the things you need to look at. We actually give you a little quiz you can ask your advisor so you know you're getting 100% fiduciary advice and, of course, if they lie, <laughs> you hope they don't. But I would only ever hire a 100% fiduciary. That means somebody who's not duly registered. I would only hire them if they're a fee-only advisor. They don't get paid for commissions or anything else. And I'd only hire them if they're 1% a year or less. 1% should be their highest charge. It should go down from there. That's got to know those things. We'll be right back. and real future tom and don are talking real money hey thank you for being part of the program we're going to continue with more questions and calls into the next hour and we're always here to try to help you understand how money and investing works easy to find out more by going to our website talkingrealmoney.com you can ask a question there you've got free portfolios all kinds of goodies that we think will help you just be a better investor and that's what we're trying to do educate you Help you understand this so you don't have to just push the chips across the table to somebody and hope you get treated well. So, again, uh, my suggestion is to go take advantage of all that stuff. TalkingRealMoney.com is the website. Again, www.TalkingRealMoney.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time. So please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.